Well, our scripture this morning comes from Psalm 42. I'm just going to read the first two verses here this morning to get us started. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for my God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this time that we can come and and just spend a little time in your word this morning, Lord. And, and we just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that our hearts and our minds will be open to receive this word. To receive from you, to be challenged by you, uh, maybe even to be made a bit uncomfortable. So that you would draw us further into this relationship with you. That we might be renewed and transformed. And God, now I pray that you would take these words of mine, that you would turn them from water into wine, taking these simple words and doing a miracle with them here in our midst. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's something about Lent that I just always find myself turning to um, the spiritual disciplines of the church. And I'm just, I always find myself just wanting to be reminded going back and, and, and reminding myself again of the importance of, the need for, the benefit of spiritual disciplines. And, and I don't know if you're very familiar with, with many of them, but um, I want you to hear that spiritual disciplines are not something that is meant only for those who have great faith, right? It's not meant for the spiritual giants of the church, it's also not only meant for those who have an exorbitant amount of time or, or those who find themselves like a monk in a monastery. That Those are not the only people who can engage in spiritual disciplines because they're not meant to take that much of our time necessarily. And then also, spiritual disciplines are not meant to be something that you have a list of how to do and you must follow it exactly and it's, it's all of this work and it becomes like this drudgery and it's not, it's not enjoyable and, and you even feel maybe sometimes like it's, like it's law, like you have to do exactly this at exactly that time or forget it, you're no good at it. That's not what spiritual disciplines are all about. That is not what we're talking about. But over the next couple of weeks, Pastor Al and I are going to talk more about some specific spiritual disciplines and how when we engage in the disciplines of our faith, that we will find ourselves not only in the presence of God, but full of joy. Joy should be one of the cornerstone foundations when we find ourselves in the midst of practicing one of these disciplines. Because really the requirement is that we would long for God, that we would desire to be in God's presence, that we would find ourselves there. It's a an intentional image that the psalmist uses. And I'm so grateful for Miss Susan, um, who's our children's director, 
she's been doing such a wonderful job putting um, together program for our kids. Um, you know, she's got wonderful videos that she puts out every week online, and and uh, and she's been making sure that. Um, it's just been a really cool thing that she's been using the scripture that we use right here during the message and, and allowing that to be the message for the kids as well. And she does such a great job. But one of the things that she used this morning with our kids is an actual image of a deer coming to water because deer need to be close to water. It is a proven thing that every few hours deer need water. So the psalmist didn't just pick a deer because they're cute (laughs) and it was a nice little image to bring to mind. No, the psalmist said, just as a deer longs for water because they physically need it, so we long for God. That our desire for God and our longing for God would be something that needed to be quenched, that needed to be addressed and fulfilled regularly, consistently, not just whenever we make time for it. So if we think about then these spiritual disciplines, and even though that's kind of their technical term and a a technical category for them. The things that we do are what fulfill our longing because it brings us more fully into the presence of God. So whether it be fasting or prayer or worship or any number of other things, what we do and how we do it should be bringing us into the presence of God. It's about our hearts, not our checklist. And really, when we find ourselves coming into the presence of God on a regular basis, we will see our lives being transformed. I don't know what your testimony might be, I don't know what your story of faith necessarily is. Maybe you're one who has a testimony that has a very clear line of what life was like for you before God and what life has been like since God. Maybe you're one who can point to those late nights at bars or or those relationships that were very destructive. And how once you came to know God that that things changed in your life. But maybe your testimony is one that says, I have always been in the church. I don't don't have a, a clear line of before and after. Maybe you're one who says, I've not had that kind of testimony, but I can tell you about... I the healing that's happened in my life as a result of coming to God. I can tell you how I have overcome evil in my life. I can tell you how I've overcome anger or bitterness or or gluttony or any number of things that we might wrestle with. 
But even when, no matter what our testimony is, whether it's the clear before and after, whether it's the I've seen over time things change in my life, we still, as sinful people, deal with sin in our lives. And there are some of us, there are many of us, who, who will say to ourselves, because we don't like to confess these type of things to other people, right? We don't want other people to see our faults and failings. We'll say, this is the time. This is the time it's going to change from this day on. I am going to change myself. This behavior, this pattern will no longer be in my life because I am choosing. And I'll ask God to help me, but I'm going to do this. We like to we like to say we have the willpower to do something and make a change. And I want to challenge that and tell you it's not your willpower. Yes, you need to decide that this is something you want, sure. But it is God's power. It is God's grace that says you will live a transformed life. But how do we do that? It's not because we've laid out a list and we're going down and checking those boxes. Are those helpful things? Yes. But how are we doing it? Because we're spending time with God. Because we're making that relationship the most important relationship. And when we turn our anger over to God, when we turn our gluttony over to God, when we turn all of ourselves over to God, then God is the one who transforms our lives by God's grace. And so I want you to hear that if, if you choose to engage in a spiritual discipline, then, then it is something that you are not just doing to follow some rules or laws, but it is something that you do because your desire is to fully be alive and to grow and transform into the will of God for your life. I mentioned in a, in a newsletter article last month about spiritual disciplines, and I talked about a couple of different books, and one of them is called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. And, and Richard Foster talks about how there are disciplines that we can engage in that are, that are inward, that are focused on our prayer life or study or fasting. He talks about things that are, are an outward discipline, things of, of service, of solitude, of simplicity. He also talks about corporate disciplines that we can come together in, uh, disciplines of confession and worship and celebration together. And I really appreciate his book, and I've read it several times uh, but I also wanted to share with you specifically this morning about John Wesley's take on spiritual disciplines. John Wesley taught that God's grace is this unearned, undeserved gift that we receive. But it is not something that we just see sitting there. It's something that we have to engage with. Something that we don't just pick up and hold in our hands, but something that we have to actively use and work with. And so when we receive grace from God, there are, there are different ways that we can experience it and know it and understand it. He, he talked about that as being these means of grace, these ways of grace. And then if we're engaging in them, that as disciples of Jesus, then that means that our, our faith is being strengthened and confirmed 
so that God's grace will, will be, come through us as well as we continue this life of discipleship. So as we look to these means of grace, Wesley describes them as, as works of piety and works of mercy. So the works of piety would be those acts of worship and devotion. Those acts of worship and devotion are, are things that we could do individually, but we could also do together communally. And, and so maybe you might say, you know what, I, I have a longing for God and I know that there's, I need to do something to, to work with that and, and I want to see my life transformed. So, so maybe you say, I personally am going to engage in, in reading, reading things, um, reading from, uh, reading, I don't know, of course your Bible, but, but maybe you want to uh, pick up some other religious reading. Maybe you're going to meditate or study scripture, maybe prayer or fasting. For you personally attending worship and for you even, John Wesley said, healthy living, right? Avoiding that Big Mac. Um, but he also talked about personally sharing your faith, that that is a means of grace, then he talked about in those acts of worship and devotion, together we can engage in, in those acts of worship and devotion by, by sharing the sacraments together, by accountability with one another, and by studying scripture together in Bible study. Then he also talked about, though, these works of, works of mercy, which would be the acts of compassion and justice. He said, you know, as an individual, you could take part in, in doing good works by visiting the sick or those in prison, by feeding the hungry, giving generously to others. That was a big one for Wesley. But you together, corporately, communally, we should be seeking justice. We should be ending oppression and discrimination. We should be addressing the needs of the poor. Because in doing that, we find ourselves experiencing the very grace of God. We find ourselves, when we engage in those things, whether individually, whether together, as, as a group, we find ourselves being transformed in the image of God. Leo Tolstoy is quoted as saying, everybody thinks of changing humanity and nobody thinks of changing himself. But that is who we're called to be as Christ followers. As Christ followers, we are to have a before and an after. We are to have this journey, whether it's dramatic or whether it's subtle, there is a journey that we are on, a journey of transformation. John Wesley talks about it as that grace that continues throughout our lives. And right now, if you're a follower of Christ, you are continuing in that process of receiving the grace of God and engaging in it so that you will live a transformed life. That is, after all, what we're about. That inner transformation is our goal because it is in our transformation that we exhibit and are able to live out the very grace of God for others. There's something about the Psalms 
just about everyone that you read, please come through the Psalms, deep prayers, groans, and longings. The beginning of Psalm 42 that we just read, right? The psalmist says, I long for you, God. But at the end of a psalm, usually towards the last few verses, the psalmist typically turn to praise. Psalm 42, the last verse, verse 11 says this, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Yes, we may feel like we are not able to do it, We have said that we were not going to eat a Big Mac for all of Lent. It's day four, and I just want a Big Mac. Maybe you said, I'm giving up Girl Scout cookies, but they're being sold right on the parking lot. You really need to go support those girls. Listen, it's not about laws, and it's not about rules, and if we're keeping them just perfectly. It's about longing for God, seeking God, allowing yourself to take that time to be in the presence of God. Listen, if you're gonna, if you're gonna choose the discipline of praying regularly, then five minutes, just turn off your phone, walk away from everything else. And just allow yourself to be in the presence of God. Even if it's just looking out at the snow or the sun and saying, thank you, God, for this day. Because that is, that is a way of transformation. And if you choose to do some fasting, maybe it's not a, a fasting from food, though, though John Wesley does encourage us to that healthy living. So maybe you do find yourself saying, nope, I'm not getting that Big Mac, I'm going home. And as you do it, though, you recognize, God, thank you for giving me food that sustains my body. I can turn away from this and I can focus on you, God, and I'll put the extra effort into cutting up some vegetables. Maybe you'll find yourself in another discipline, but whatever it is, take that time to spend with God to fulfill that longing within you and be transformed. Amen.